Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. I'd just like to start first with an acknowledgement of country. We're broadcasting over the lands of the Kulin Nations. These lands are stolen. Sovereignty was never ceded. Genocide is ongoing and so is colonisation. Yeah, I'd like to acknowledge the Bunurong and Wurundjeri people whose lands were primarily broadcasting over. Um, I'd like to pay my respect to elders past, present and future and acknowledge any Indigenous listeners tuning in today. Um, yeah, so today we have for you um, a guest, an exciting guest we have on today and I'm also joined by Tracy, um, um, who I'm mentoring a bit here and the guest is Lay, Lay the Mystic who's a musician, poet and performer, and we're going to hear more Ooh. from him later. Nice. Um, how it, but just going to ask how everyone is, how's, how are we all going? We're good. Thanks for having us in. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Good to see you. Good to see you too. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Yeah, we met S- out the door. Okay. Yeah, stay tuned to Yeah, and we'll hear more after this track. And now we're going to have a bit of a chat with Flay. Um, so first I'd like... To start with, um, does a lot of your work sort of come... Oh, I should actually do backtrack just a sec. So, Lei the Mystic is a musician, performer and poet, born to a Lebanese father and a Tongan mother. Just going to scroll over here. <laughs> um, a Tongan Fijian mother, Lei's cultural heritage is reflected in his performances. Lei is also strongly influenced by mysticism and as a professional tarot card reader and hobbyist astrologist. Lei is teaming up with Ikhisan, Sayanas, Vesina, Tonga, Leziala, Tofu, I think I messed that up, to explore the construction of identity in a body glean, which finishes tonight. Um, it's a part of the Fringe Festival. Definitely check that out. I plan to be there tonight. Um, so I'm just, yeah, I wanted to start with... We'll get into the body glean soon, but just thinking about what is the process like for your like creative work? Uh, so in general, I feel like the process changes depending on what we're trying to work towards. So for example, with a body gleaned, because it was about how we build ourselves out of these gathered stories and experiences that are shared with people, the process has been quite collaborative. So we just sit together and discuss our our ideas of what we are and our ideas of how we came to behave the way that we do or mm-hmm. think the way that we do. And so a lot of the performance was just based on those sorts of conversation, just figuring out how we bounce off of each other, how we sort of absorb knowledge from each other yeah. and like continue each other's behaviours and things like that. Mm. Mm. Awesome. Could you tell um, listeners about some of the questions you're exploring in A Body Gleaned? So predominantly it's around choice, just the idea that we're all in conversation constantly with our life and every time somebody makes an impact on us or every time we experience anything that sticks with us in any way, it's kind of like a crossroads where we can decide to continue the thing that we've seen or discontinue it. So Mm. 
It was also around trying to, <clears throat> like it's important to accept the privilege that you have. Uh, and it's also important to acknowledge that those are stories that you can change and you can interact with your own privileges in yeah. different ways as well as, um, yeah, as well as all sorts of other things because we're kind of building our own culture as we go along. Mm. So, yeah, it's predominantly just about choice, just taking a breath and knowing that you can change stories that you've inherited if you need to. Mm. Yeah, and like I've noticed a lot in your work that the breath features a lot in your work. Um, and there's a poem that I think we might play later that is quite hypnotic and breathtaking in terms of how you like do that. I feel like breathing is so hypnotic yeah. and breathtaking. It's just like, <laughs> well, like that was really a lot more punny than I thought it was going to be when I said it. Um, so yeah, like what sort of role does breath sound and like I think like images of water and or sounds of water play in your work? It's just about experiencing earth and experiencing things around you that aren't based on your emotions entirely and aren't based on other people necessarily. So yeah, just that point between you and the environment that you're sat in as well is something that you're having a conversation with and is just as important as a conversation you might have with another human. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah I like breathing. Like, we all kind of need to. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you have a very, like, what was your upbringing like in terms of, like, creativity? Was it, like, fostered a lot? Um <clears throat> Um, wherever it could be fostered. So it was definitely encouraged and wherever possible was supported, but we came from really modest means. So it was mostly mm. us just finding ways to support ourselves to do whatever we wanted to. And the encouragement was sort of from the sidelines, like, you know, obviously please try and find a way to support yourself in terms of like feeding yourself and paying your bills but mm. um just any form of self-expression was kind of encouraged within within our house oh, great. Mm. so yeah it was cute yeah. yeah that's nice um also really liked um in your interview with like with Devana there's many things in it but at one point um she asked about like the Melbourne music scene being quite tight-knit and your response is how it like works on like a currency of favors, um, and so that's sort of like re reciprocity. So you kind of relate, like a lot of, like yeah, artists have multiple marginalizations, and yeah, I suppose like it's kept together by people like doing each other favors. I thought that was a really insightful point and in how things sort of operate in many communities around. Yeah, yeah definitely. I think it's incredibly important to also keep fostering that because I personally wouldn't have any of the skills that I do in terms of performance or creating if they weren't just gifted to me by people who had the generosity at the time to do so yeah and it's sort of like um <clears throat> like that responsibility kind of gets passed on where it's important to keep an eye out for people around you or people in your community uh, who may be younger, who may be more marginalised, and just make sure that there is an opportunity for them to grow within anything that you're doing as well. Mm. 
Definitely. Um, so in terms of your artistry, um, you call yourself a mystic. What does that sort of look and sound like to you? So, um, initially it was, so I'm a practicing mystic and at first the name was kind of a little bit of a joke, like lay the mystic. And then, um, but also a fact, um, so mysticism with how I engage with it, it functions as sort of an adjective. So the idea is to go deep into anything that you're doing and to find answers and to find truths mm. without any of the evidence necessarily needing to be forensic. So feelings, hints, um, twists on the wind can also be what you use to inform your idea of what truth is and just sort of dispelling mystery. So mysticism, indifference to mystifying people. So who found mystic? Um, the founder, like, how did you make it? Mm, so that was actually just um, dictionary definition. So uh, in the English language, what a mystic is, is somebody who oh. seeks higher truths. And Yeah, no, I mean like the group. Oh, okay. Yeah, how did you find each other? Like, how did you um, choose to be mystic? Okay, um, so... I identify as a mystic as an individual, sort of independently. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Lay the Mystic isn't a group, but um, I do include everybody that's around me whenever I can. So yeah. okay. Uh, yeah, it really just depends on where I, I find myself and who I find myself connected to. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so in my, in my mind, every piece of work uh, that does end up being made is was always going to be made. And everybody that ends up involved in it was meant to be part of that work as well. So as different works and different projects move, everybody that um, is involved in it is, yeah, I'm just going to leave that there because that's starting to get a bit convoluted. (laughs) So we might leave that for a much longer chat in future. But Yeah. yeah, I think just life places people together all the time. That is so true. Yeah, that's how that's how all of the people end up connected together. Yeah, yeah, mm. we're all connected. I just realized that just this week. <laughs> <laughs> so, somehow we're all connected. Yeah, in every kind of way. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's really easy to sort of like come to that realization and then forget it after a little <laughs> True. bit. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. like this week, I I'm in a point where I remember it but then you know ask me a few weeks ago when I'm stressed and yeah 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 can't remember anything yeah. I'm just like no I'm here and all I see is me <laughs> it's just and my you. video games <laughs> <laughs> yeah mm. yeah I was thinking maybe we can go to playing um the pieces you performed at the at the West Riders Festival I think it was earlier yeah. in the year one night stanza yeah. yeah one night stanza um so I guess people who haven't heard your work will have some idea. So I'm just going to put that on now. I carry other people's shapes and stories in my body, so the shape of me can never really be mine. I do know for certain that I get to choose where to place it. See, if my hand goes here while my eyes dart and I keep the rest of me very still, maybe I'll be able to own my own gestures one day. I never figured out where to place loneliness, though. Because I feel it always, even though I never walk alone. I've never stepped on anything but my grandmother's ankles with my mother's hair and my eyes and a whole lot of other people that I don't have the names for. 
but who I make out of shape for every time I get reflected. A hybrid set of stories that I'm trying to learn to sing about my body new tension before it was ever given a reason to. My singing voice sounds like crying sometimes even though the nurses say that I was born silent and staring, looking for the place that gave my eyes their shape, still searching. I learn to look inward, or at least I say so every time I close my eyes. My thirdly used to bathe me in olive oil, hoping that skin would move to where I need to go. She named me Ayune, my eyes. And I look inward with her in mind and mind the curve of my left side because my mothers all gifted me their bodies in passing. What I am is a hybrid set of stories that, and shapes that never really were mine and frequently I get called by someone else's name for it. So please don't look for a woman in these parts because every time you do, you mispronounce me. See, we only have this many hours together, and I don't want to dedicate it to the hours that we've had already, to the flowers deflowered already, to the pretend we're all a little bit too stable to be unsteady, because it's a lie. And I've been burning out too vividly for city streets to ever see me hurting, so we'll just say that magic lives between definable images where we have lives long love affair, where I let loose whole bodies of work to the spaces in between, knowing that nobody's words will ever fall in me like mine do. Knowing that no one will ever name you like I do. And hoping that no one will ever call me like you do till the sound shifts and I don't turn to answer those calls anymore. Dear, dismembered syllable of my grandmother's name. They twisted you just close enough for us to know where to place you. Dear dignity, you cost me too many folds folded in hours last time I laid you down. Dear dignity, I forgot that I was also entitled to be your protector. Dear repetition, you made me like my mother. Dear variation, you also made me like my mother. Dear guilt, I know now how I'm like my mother. But what I want to know now is why wind chimes always twist silent in the wind when I need to hear them the most. Why does my eye twitch when I'm silent and talking and trying my best not to let anybody see it? How are we supposed to be both heartbroken and fracture-free at the same time and on time? Because if there ever was a timeline, I would have landed on time at least 60 seconds by now, and I wouldn't have to be here and over there, or have to hear what my own history sounds like. So please, describe to me one more time what I need to do to be civilized, and what it was ever meant to mean in the first place. So uh, for this next piece, what we're going to do is rise to fall apart because it's about conversations. And the way that we're going to do that is I'm going to ask you all to close your eyes for a moment and on the count of three we're all going to breathe in collectively, hold it and then breathe out however and whenever you want to. So one, two, three. I'll be caught in the rising with you. Maybe not like the sun. Maybe more like dirt. Spinning circles inside glass vacuums, talking steam into rocks until 
old heartaches float by dusted cotton. We only ever hum on the exhale, only ever fall on the inhale, only ever see as far as breath can carry, which makes us both almost nothing when neither one of us is breathing. And we need to keep breathing to make sure this little world of ours keeps spinning. You can still sink our teeth into every rotation, stomachs climbing through throats, choking on words that never seem to do the feeling any justice than feeling the weaving of heat through fingertips passing by every moment that we could have known each other better by, every sentence that we could have known each other better by, every storm that we probably could have weathered better by. I'm still spinning, and these heights still make me dizzy. And I still free fall scale every cliff face of your inner dialogue, but when those storm clouds start brewing, when memories of aching start brewing, I'll know that I don't need to scale cliff faces to draw those clouds to where my lips part. And I can hand to heart promise, promise till I've spent enough breath to make the night sky turn blue to keep all your secrets. To be the warmer thing at your back when fresh moonrises look big enough to eat us both alive. And every time our opinions collide, we scorch the air and make these spins spin dry enough to put a click in my mouth. But you're still spinning, and we're still spinning, and these heights still make me dizzy, and you still have me caught. Still caught. Caught in the rising in you. And it's not like the sun. And it is more like dirt. We're still spinning circles inside these glass vacuums, talking steam into these rocks, and these old heartaches do float like dusted cotton. And we will only ever hum on the exhale, only ever fall on the inhale, only ever see as far as breath can carry, which makes us both almost nothing, because neither one of us is breathing, so. I'll try not to hold my breath. Um, yes, that was Lay the Mystic. Oops. That was Lay the Mystic. <laughs> um, at the West Riders Festival with... Was it called One Night Stanza? That was... Yeah, so it was called One Night Stanza. It was part of... So it was just to conclude, I think the forum and um, all of the workshops and panels that they had so um, yeah it was it was fun yeah um, and for people just tuning in you're tuned into Queering Me Out on 3CR Community Radio 855 AM on your AM dial streaming online at 3cr.org slash streaming and digital um, how did you find listening back to your own to my own voice? yeah you know what? Hearing your own voice when it's not bouncing around your own skull is so weird. Every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, Jesus. Like, that's what I sound like. It's so awkward. It's kind of familiar, but then eerily slightly off what you're used to hearing yourself yeah. sound like. And yeah. I feel like that's kind of what causes the discomfort. The mm. fact that it's so similar, but just like just a little bit off. <laughs> Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Aside from that, it's okay. I'm starting to learn to get used to it. Yeah. 
So, like, how long have you been doing this? So, <clears throat> uh, poetry, I've been performing live for, I think, four or five years now. Mm. Um, but performing in general, I started doing about ten years ago. Wow. So, not... I was not well then. It was I was just singing around uh, yeah. at bars, hoping yeah. that they wouldn't ask me for ID and I could stay there and yeah. be a little bit cheeky. Listen, all these little steps to where you are is important. So, yeah. I think they are the most important ones, probably. Mm. Just the weird positions that you put yourself in. Mm. <laughs> Do stuff. Yeah. 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 Wow. Hey, it's been fun. Mm. You know, what challenges have you encountered in that time instead of developing your creative work? Mm. I feel like um, trying to figure out what to do or how to make certain sounds without being taught is kind of a challenge. It's a challenge that I love a lot. Um, but where, you know, some people might be able to pick it up within a lesson, um, those of us who are completely self-taught would sort of lock themselves away and just listen to things over and over again and try to replicate them. Mm. Um, so it could take, yeah, it could take a lot longer to pick it up in the first place. But um, but apparently it's really, really good for uh, remembering stuff, just the, like, unnecessarily large amount of repetition. Yeah. Mm. So um, do you do this as a hobby, job? Um... A bit of both. Yeah, yeah. A bit of, of both. So it is for work, but I wouldn't want to solely perform for work yeah. and not be able to choose you which love projects. It. Yeah, yeah, true. So I only like to participate in projects that call to me or feel like they need to be made. Correct. Rather than, yeah, I wouldn't want to be in a position where I'd have to say yes to everything just to yeah. be able to get through. And it's also kind of difficult because um, the creative community doesn't, um, like it's really difficult to sustain a lifestyle making an income off, mm. off of performing arts. So, yeah. Mm. yeah. So this next question actually almost sounds similar, but what drives you to do this kind of work or? Sounds similar. Uh, it's a tough one. I, um... <clears throat> Yeah, that is a tough one. Yeah. I can't no imagine myself answer. doing anything else. Oh, I've really? never... I guess I can't not. It's mm. um, like some people... It's like a calling, yeah? Yeah, completely. Yeah. Just through and through. It's... Because yeah. I don't see any particular goal. Yeah. Or any destination that I'm trying to get to. It's just how I function, how I understand things mm -hmm. and how I process my own life or yeah. process the things that I see. Yeah. And yeah, and it's and performing the things that I make is how I have a conversation about the things that I'm processing. Yeah. So, yeah. I feel like it's just mm. part of part of how I live. Mm. Yeah, um what role do you do you think art like making art plays and maintaining cultures are um and exploring difficult questions <clears throat> well i think it's like it, i feel like it's just 
solidly a part of culture and a part of difficult questions. Mm. It's important for us to all collectively question and challenge things. It's important for us to collectively have uh, moments of escape or moments of space where we can just take different things in and sort of come to understand where we are collectively and where where we are as different groups of people or how we can connect and come together. And art is one of the things that serves that function, whether it's uh, challenging, whether it's confusing, whether it's beautiful and a bit of an escape. It's, it's a collective point where we can all just come together and figure out what, what we're all doing. Yeah. Or at least that's kind of how I see it. I like it. Hmm. Mm. Um, so you've recently been collaborating, you collaborated with Mojo Juju on, um, on her Native Tongue album and you like played a part in one of the, the tracks. How have you been finding that? And you've been on, is it, you went to Sydney, um, as well recently? Yeah. So went to Sydney with her. Um, I love that whole album, that whole project. I... I've got a massive soft spot for artists who go incredibly deep into a story and have a look at it from every perspective. And that entire album is the same story from every different perspective to make sure that it continues. So the second she told me about it, I was like, anything you want, I'll like come through, I'll carry your gear. Like, oh. I just want to see the thing. Wow. Um, and we had a conversation about uh, one, of the, one of the directions towards the story that... Um, that we both found sort of common ground on. So she was talking about about ancestors and about like about the idea that you know our cultures have sort of stopped all these stories and these people that make us have just stopped, mm. and how that that isn't the case. How we carry them with us, even though we aren't entirely certain of of each other or yes. Um, yeah, so I just, we had a chat about that and I made a poem and it happened to fit into the larger narrative that is her Native Tongue album. Wow. Yeah, awesome. Speaking uh, of culture, my culture uh, believes that uh, when someone, uh, when ancestors pass on, they come back in a different form of maybe an mm. animal mm. or into somebody's life, like... In case a child is being born, that ancestor is going to take over through the child, something like that. Yeah, it's yeah. quite similar with um, my mum's culture. From yeah. what little I understand, because yeah. I, um, I, I'm in no way mm. an authority on <laughs> my own culture. Yeah. Um, but um, the understanding is that we all move with our ancestors everywhere, so mm. they follow us through because we're out like we are the physical manifestation of them and that we're all collectively a community there's this like there's a saying called know where you stand and it isn't um it's not it sounds a bit like know your place but the idea is actually that your worth is determined by everybody that you're connected to right and how you're all moving and the understanding that you should help to prop each other up because mm. the health of the entire community and everybody who has access to you is more important than your 
sort of clout as an individual. And that was very well put in the movie Moana. Yeah, like this is it true. just did it so well <laughs> with the ancestral life and things. Oh my god. Oh. Yeah. This is very true. Mm. They did they did uh, I was just having a laugh. My um my little sister calls herself the OG Moana. Um, <laughs> Okay. And she's like the queer gothic version of it's yeah, great. <laughs> um, yeah. It's it's interesting having uh, having Disney sort of take a look at um, at cultural narratives. Mm. I feel like in in some ways it's nice to have a, a sort of widely known and relatively palatable understanding for kids to like for oceanic children to be able to look at and be like, that's an example of how we operate. Correct. And, um, yeah, so they did get some of it, mm, but mm. only like little bits, only the pretty parts, I think. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah. Yeah, mm. it did pretty good. Yeah, and yeah. it sort of like serves as this like, yeah, we've had chats about it because it's kind of this um, random melting pot for all of these different cultures as well. Mm. So there's, um, what is it? So there are points where there are like features of like clothing from, you know, Aotearoa and then like sails from Fiji and all of these different um, like types of weaving and types of dance that wouldn't typically be seen altogether in the same space. But um, the moving through with ancestors and moving through with community is is definitely something that they, um, yeah, that they explored quite well. Yeah, wow. Interesting. Yeah, awesome. Um, I think I'm going to play now um, the, um, um, a track of Native Tongue by Mojo Juju featuring Lay, and that's like Native Tongue Reprisal. And that was Native Tongue Reprisal um, by Mojo Juju, Lay the Mystic, and also featuring the Pacifica, which Pacifica Pie was it again? Yep, Pika. So um, the vocals and the like oohs and ahs and stuff is um, is by Pika. So it's um, the reprise is sort of a mirror to the mm. title track of the album. And um, yeah, so it's, it's sort of like a weird, spooky, a little bit creepy <laughs> version of the yeah. Native Tongue song. Yeah, it's really awesome. Awesome sound effects yeah. in yeah. it. And so, yeah. <laughs> How long did it take you to make that? Um, so I can't speak for the back end and the production of it, mm. um, but the poem itself, I feel like it just fell out pretty quickly. Yeah. So um, had a chat to Juj about it, and then I went to open up the notes section in my phone, and it came out within two minutes, and I just texted it through to her and I was like okay cool so oh, that's maybe man. not entirely just me there's like um I don't know when pieces fall out that quickly in my mind I just think that they're cha- like channeled and mm. they were just kind of like floating around in in like the space of our heads and we just needed to like grab it and <laughs> put it into word form yeah so I was like okay cool I feel like that's that's one of the weird poems that was floating around my head that day yeah and floating around the the project. Mm. Yeah. Um, and for people that have just tuned in, you're listening to Queering the Air on 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM on your AM dial, streaming live at 3cr.org slash streaming. 
and on digital and on demand and podcast said in the future. Um, so thinking, um, yeah, I want to ask, um, what sort of artists do you really admire and influenced by? Mm. Uh, I've got actually way too many to so many. <laughs> I I connect really strongly with local artists that I see mm. around. Um, just any artist who is really obviously just doing their own thing and really visibly um, not trying to do things just because it sounds nice or not trying to do things just because they seem to make sense, um, but just doing things because they're kind of called to and they yeah. need to. So, yeah, any artist that I see doing that, and really being involved in their stories. I appreciate it. I also really appreciate Mojo Juju. I was mm. a fan of hers from when I was in high school. And so that was like my little high school fan thing. Um, <laughs> heavily obsessed with Sade, always, forever and always. Um, mm. Heavily obsessed with uh, Floetry. They're a duo from Britain who I love uh and there's this artist called terence trent darby <laughs> i love a lot because i really like the way that um yeah i just i've got a soft spot for good lyricism and so i like that yeah <laughs> so yeah a lot i feel like that could be a whole segment like all of the artists that lay likes yeah <laughs> could be a long segment yeah definitely what what do you have plans next for after um it's um a body gleans yeah so with the body glean tonight's the last showing um just at the brunswick mechanics institute at about eight and i feel like um yeah there are plans for for what's coming up next i want to look into performance installation work and exploring the concept of mysticism in collaboration with other artists. Um, just because I find that a lot of people don't quite understand how I'm engaging with it. Um, <clears throat> so I want to do sort of like a series of collaborations with different artists where they would have a song that they're working on and I sort of explored the idea or concept of going deep in terms of like sculpture, lighting, um, possibly effects and um, sort of experiential performance for audiences to come into so we can test out what what their song would sound like in that kind of space. So yeah, just trying to figure out how that would translate, but that would probably be what's coming next. Yeah, sounds really exciting. I hope it works out well. Um... Where can people find you? So people can find me on Instagram. I'm just going to plug myself shamelessly. It's uh, <laughs> lay, L-A-Y dot the dot mystic. <laughs> and um, also on Facebook, I think if you search the same thing. Actually, I think the Facebook link is lay sounds, but yeah, I think lay the mystic would pop up there as well. Yeah, it does. Oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's good to know. Yeah, so it definitely does. It's been trialed, it's tested. You can find it there as well. Um, but mostly I, I like to stick to live spaces and sort of, yeah, I like having a conversation with the audience and the mm. idea that a performance changes depending on everybody who's experiencing it from performer to audience 
member and participant. So, um, yeah, mostly live is where you'll find me because I like to hide away the rest of the time. So um, mm. who is like, what's your aim? How should I ask this? Um, <laughs> it's okay. What, <laughs> like, what's your target? Who are you targeting when you're like um, doing the poems and, you know, the songs? Are you mm. targeting um, people that are hurting or affected or young or? I think pretty much anybody that it could resonate with. Um, so, yeah, no specific target audience, just okay. anybody who's felt and experienced those sorts of things. Mm. Um, just as like a really subtle sort of like, I'm here as well, we can be mates. Yeah. <laughs> Like a weird little like beacon thing in the yeah. sky. Like, come on, I'm <laughs> looking for friends. Um, I'm not sure if I'm actually targeting individuals, mm. just like collective concepts and structures and ideas. Yeah. So I feel like when I write work, I'm not seeing myself speaking to an individual. I'm mm. seeing myself speaking into systems of behavior that could change and oh, that okay. could manifest differently and just being in conversation with that because I don't like to think that individuals could permanently inherit mm. you know behaviors or um, yeah. or anything like that so in my mind it's it's speaking to the sort of systems overarching that stop me from being able to exist in different ways and yeah hoping to I don't know yeah all right so like what's your goal (laughs) the goal no real goal Mm -hmm. I I guess keeping up the conversation I feel like with with my work I don't sort of like sit there thinking you know I'm aiming to change this issue Uh. and then this poem will come out I um or like aiming to do something pretty or Uh, anything like that it just um comes out kind of naturally. Yeah, yeah. So personally, my own goal is just to stay as honest as I can Mm. about what's going on and about what my topics and things are, just to stay, um, yeah, just to nail the feeling that's stuck in my head as precisely as I can and just see where that goes. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. So Mm. you obviously started doing this at a younger age and... um, what how can you encourage you know young people out there that probably want to do poems or mm. you know do what you're doing or yeah. my encouragement so i i try to stay away from giving advice but i don't honestly say just do whatever it is that you feel like doing or that you mm. want to do the because people aren't always going to come and tap you on the shoulder and then give you the perfect opportunity to do what you've always wanted to. So just finding ways with whatever resources you can to just practice it, whether it's alone in your room or, you know, in spaces with friends or family, it doesn't even matter if you don't have access to friends or family, just Mm. having a think about what it is that you'd like to do. And, and as soon as you start doing it, um, the possibility of being able to move from there sort of 
doubles and triples. So yeah. there are definitely lots of like, oh, out. <laughs> I just accidentally hit the table with a gesture. Oh, um, no. So there are a lot of spaces that do focus on emerging artists and mm. things like that. And it's um, quite easy to, well, it's never completely easy, but you can find spaces and things like open mic nights. Yeah. But just the act of doing it privately without being asked to do it is, yeah. Um, yeah, it's probably the best thing that you could do for yourself. Good. Mm, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, considering um, a body gleaned as part of the Fringe Festival, is there anything else you're interested in? Seeing the Fringe Festival. Yeah. Um, everything this year? I know, this so has much. been the biggest pop light up Fringe Festival has ever had, I think. It's so amazing. Mm. So even at, just at the Brunswick Mechanics Institute, we've got my gosh, where's my phone? I wish I had a program here. So we've got Yeah, maybe um, we can find one somewhere. Consciously Kaya <laughs> opening up a work called Seeping coming up. We've got yeah. Wani opening up a work yeah, called wow. Jana. Um we've got Oh, Jana, I, I know how to read that word. I don't know how to say it out loud. We've got Z Music opening up a work. There's uh, Floating Key has got a work mm. coming out. I saw Muniak uh, Mulana and their yeah, final same. showing is starting in, what, nine minutes? Yeah, nine minutes. So mi- I'm not sure tickets, if you people. are close to La Mama Theatre, get yourself a ticket and go in there. Um, it's just... Uh, there's a show called Matriarch that I really, really want to see. Mm. Um, yeah, it's amazing. Just have a look through this year's Fringe Fest lineup. It's actually so cool. I actually can't wait to start seeing everybody's shows. So Yeah, this, it's just so overwhelming how many shows there are that are really interesting and really awesome. Um, yeah, I saw that the one that starts in... Yeah, um, I forgot the two artist names. No, Neil Morris, then I forgot. And and Brent. Yeah. And Brent. Yeah. So the Dreaming Now and Culture Revolves. It's amazing. I um, yeah. It's yeah. Completely shook up. I just sort of like rolled out of there and sat there and contemplated my life, stared at the stars for a little while. It's a really really beautiful work. Mm, yeah. I also saw. Um, Queer Lady Magician, which has finished up, and that was really good. Um, and Devon, in a previous show, has interviewed Tiara. Um, so, Trisha, check that out if you want to hear more about that. Um, I feel like there's another show I've seen, but I haven't. No, that's tonight. I'm seeing your show. <laughs> <laughs> just seen in the <laughs> in yeah. the scripts in the Facebook events. And just haven't um, seen IRL just yet. <laughs> yeah, and there's a show called Trans Magic, Magic that I'm going to be in. As well, I think it's the night after um, Floating Keys night, I think, or it's the night before. Oh, awesome! Yeah. Oh my gosh! So it's like I endless, endless stuff, endless stuff. Yeah. So fringe this year, everybody get tickets to everything. It's better than any of those <laughs> real weird weekend festivals. Um, mm, yeah. Well, some of them could be cool. Some of them are a little bit sus, but this one. This festival, this fringe, I think, is going to be cool. It's a big fam one. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you'd like to mention or call out to? Um, yeah, my brain just went blank. <laughs> yeah. You can shout out me. to anyone. Yeah, shout out. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shout out to 
to Kalala, who was performing up around the corner, and I just oh. missed her set, oh, no. <laughs> who was just performing out at the workers. <laughs> and shout out to all of my fellow collaborators with within a body glean. So in live performance, we've got Cyanus doing poetry and music. We've got Iki San doing live dance and music. We've got Leslie Elitofa doing um, choreography and dance. Uh, we got a floral fixation doing the sculptures and so many collaborators through the film projection and like special effects sectors that I can't even, I don't know. It was just, yeah. Just shout out to the whole community. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was I Want More by Badusa. Um, we have reached almost the end of our show today. Um, I hope you've enjoyed the show. Um, thanks for coming in. Um, so much, Leigh. Um, so thanks to Tracy. Thank you. Um, and you can contact us at queeringtheair at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Twitter and Facebook. And Bardosa has a triple single launch coming up on the 21st of September at Hala. And the lineup also features Rebecca Jans, Kwashani Bands, Mama, yeah, Mama Dosa from Bardosa. Um, yeah, so check that out if you're interested in that. Um, awesome. And I'm just going to go out with Miss Blanks with Skinny Bitches Language Warning for this one. And stay tuned for Hip Sister Hop. Thanks for hanging with us. Bye. Thanks for coming in. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.